Chengpeng Zhao is Canada's richest man. His net worth is 23.5 billion U.S. dollars. That's according to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index. And he's also the latest crypto CEO to be criminally charged in the U.S. There have now been several chief executives from cryptocurrency companies that have faced legal repercussions. The most notorious being FTX's Sam Bankman-Fried, who was convicted of fraud this fall. But Zhao's story is different, and the reaction from many Bitcoin buyers has been much more muted. Ethan Liu is on the show to explain why. He's an editor in The Globe's Report on Business section and also the author of a book about crypto called Once a Bitcoin Miner. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and this is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Ethan, thanks for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Let's just start by understanding Changpeng Zhao, who, who goes by CZ. So that's what we'll call him for this. Uh, how would you describe CZ? Well, he, he is the owner and founder of the, the largest cryptocurrency exchange it's called Binance. Hmm. He's a guy who asks for forgiveness rather than permission. It's quite common for these tech founders. I feel they would move fast and break things and they'll just make decisions instead of having meetings. I know you've talked to CZ before. What is he like? Yeah, so I, I, I last spoke to him because I had an assignment to, to write a profile on him. And he is, well, he's a rather nice guy. And he's a fan of Ultimate Fighting Championships. He has used martial arts analogies more than once. And he did tell me this, that a young pugilist will approach a fight with a plan, one move after another. But an experienced fighter, a true Kung Fu master, he has no plan. And having a plan is a bad thing, but when you have no plan, you can adapt on the fly, you can react quickly. And I think throughout his life, he has exemplified that and it has brought him evidently great success. But to take that martial arts analogy further, there is no such thing as an undefeated fighter. There are only fighters who retire and those who have yet to meet their match. And I think Perhaps he went a little too bold into the U.S. and he met his match there. Hmm. And what do we know about like his upbringing, his early life? He came to Canada when he was rather young. He was born in China and he was born during a rather turbulent time. And his father faced persecution in China during what was called the, the Cultural Revolution. So his father eventually brought his whole family here. And this is where he grew up. And when he was very young, his father bought him a, a computer and he he says like that was what got him into an, into tech and everything and he he went to mcgill and eventually he he left canada i think more or less for good hmm. so binance I, I think it's probably the most interesting company in the cryptocurrency sphere it was founded in 2017 it grew really rapidly and it became the biggest exchange in the world in uh I think perhaps a matter of months, it was very quick. And for the longest time, that exchange has stayed a step ahead of lots of people. And this is a sphere where regulation is constantly trying to catch up to what people are doing. So hmm. uh, they were based in China for a while and China started cracking down. And so they, they moved to Japan and this constant migration, going somewhere, setting up shop. 
and then uh, leaving when people start cracking down on them. This happened for for Malta, for Singapore, huh. and eventually CZ was like, "My company has no headquarters," and this became a point of contention in cryptocurrency media. Like, wow. where's your legal office? Where are your people based? And he'd be like. My headquarters is wherever I am. Headquarters are outdated concepts. Wow! And then he did this expansion to the U.S., and that's what got him into the the current trouble he's in. So this is interesting. So the way you're you're talking about how he's kind of operating this company, he seems to have tried to stay one step ahead of regulations. Then with all that moving around. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this is a. Uh, it's not a black and white world sometimes. So uh, which regulator has jurisdiction and. If I offer a service for someone to sell one unit of digital currency to another person, and if I don't require this one person to provide me identification, is that illegal? If it is, who is supposed to look into this? And and obviously now it's been a couple of years since crypto came about. We have mm-hmm. regulators are starting to assert their jurisdiction, but back then uh, it, it took a while for them to catch up. So how did Binance get? So big. Well, they they basically offered the the customers the ability to to trade any coin, and in the beginning, and this is something that the Justice Department brought up, it allowed anyone to trade if you just sign up with an email address. Wow! So you don't need any documents; you just need an email address at at first. Yes, and to give you some context, back in the day, uh, 2017, it was known as the the ICO boom. So that was when. Crypto companies, they everyone came up with their own coin, and because you know, in the beginning there was just Bitcoin, maybe there were a couple of other coins. That year, there's this big explosion, thousands of coins, and most of them are, are worth nothing by now. But that was a crazy period, and Binance basically offered at the time what was considered the the widest selection. And I just want to go back to this idea of like you know you know at, at the start people only needed an email to sign up. So essentially, this is. Minimizing the hurdles, I guess, to sign up on this platform. Yes, it minimized the hurdles, but I, I guess the Justice Department would look at it in a completely different way, and not just the Justice Department, any regulator, the finance world. It is all about hurdles,、hmm. and you need to know your customer. You need their identification.、Uh, you need to make sure you need to know their source of money.、Uh, are they funneling money from terrorism or whatever? And this is how Binance got into trouble. There's also another investigation involving the Securities and Exchange Commission in the U.S. Tell me about that one.、Hmm. So that was based largely around the idea of Binance selling its own coin to raise money, and that it's an unregistered security. So we talked earlier about this concept called an ICO, which is kind of like an IPO when you when a company sells shares to raise money for the company. So、uh, a crypto company will will sell coins to raise money. And this was popular in 2017, so which was one reason all manner of different coins flooded the market. I should say the SEC is usually the regulator with fewer teeth because the Justice Department they can put you in prison, but SEC most of the time no. A lot of these investigations they are resolved with settlements, and Binance is under quite a lot of investigations by quite a lot of different. Government agencies, but I think all of those. I think I would consider them to be civil administrative proceedings. Usually, hey, you don't have this proper paperwork for this thing, and if we can resolve that Justice Department thing, I think anything else is rather small potatoes. 
Okay, so so now the company is in the news because the Department of Justice in the States has been investigating Binance. What did they find? I guess this is twofold. So one, they found rather lax anti-money laundering measures. And even though the, the company does state that, you know, we require your, your ID, we require these documents from you, but the Justice Department is saying that in practice, not so much. So initially what Binance did was set up a separate US branch with stricter rules just for American residents. And then they, they barred American residents from the main international platform. Hmm. And the Justice Department is saying that Binance just went through the motions, but it actually onboarded American residents to its international platform. And it, it wasn't true to its word in, in barring Americans. Uh, okay, so I guess this is why the Department of Justice could investigate this then, because they were onboarding Americans in this in this way, even though they said they were doing it kind of above board. Um, so this is this is an important part of why they were in, in investigated. I also want to go back to this idea, though, that, you know, without the hurdles, kind of anyone could sign up to this platform. So what are what are the results, the consequences of that, Ethan? So so I, I should say the but Binance did uh, clean up its act after a while. So the, mm. the, the days of signing up with a simple email address, they are they are long gone, but uh, as a result of not having proper anti-money laundering measures, the Justice Department says that the I guess anything you can imagine, any crime that has something to do with money, the the, the money has flowed through Binance. Uh, I think there was child exploitation, there was terrorism, mm. and and yeah, the Justice Department says the money from there it flowed through the platform. And, and just to be clear here, Ethan, like, was is this speculation or was there evidence that, you know, the worst possible things that you can imagine were, were, were happening here? So, yes, the Justice Department does say it found evidence. And if you look at the statement that the department put out, this bit about all this money coming from horrible sources flowing through Binance, that was said by Janet Yellen, the Treasury mm-hmm. Secretary. I mean, these are pretty serious charges, right? So, so what happened to, to CZ in all of this? He basically had to agree to step down from Binance, and he faces a, a prison term of up to up to eighteen months. There was some sort of deal done with the prosecution, and Binance, the company, has to pay like a four point three billion dollar fine. To put that into context, uh, I think some people would say Binance's biggest competitor is is this platform called Coinbase. It's in the U.S. It's publicly traded, and I think that is the the biggest platform in the U.S. and Four point three billion. It's more than all the profits made by made by Coinbase. Hmm. What does the company have to do in the wake of these charges? Yeah, the the company has to submit to like a third party monitoring to make sure that it has proper compliance and anti money laundering measures. And very importantly, CZ cannot have any involvement in the company for at least three years. We'll be right back after this message. So, of course, CZ is not the first crypto CEO to face criminal charges. Uh, I guess, does this all feel familiar to you, Ethan? You you cover this world. Is is this kind of something we've seen before? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think for most of the listeners, what this brings to mind is probably Sam Bankman-Fried because we mm. just saw him convicted in court not too long ago before this thing with CZ blew up. Maybe from the outside, I think people would lump them together, but... 
uh, I should say, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, he he was a one-time prodigy of, of CZ. CZ considered himself a mentor to him. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the crypto world, uh, what they did were very different. Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX, his exchange platform, it was accused of not having proper anti-money laundering measures as well. But what he was convicted for and the the, the chief sin that he did, he basically stole users' money and for his own personal purposes. That, that's fraud, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did get convicted of that. Mm-hmm. But CZ, um, I think lots of crypto people will feel that he didn't do the proper paperwork. And and maybe you can make the argument that you know what he did is more systemic because it Binance is much bigger, it affected more people, and all these illicit funds from all these dirty organizations flowed through, and who knows like what he might have enabled. But mm. at the end of the day, he didn't follow the the finance red tape rules that many people in crypto uh, didn't believe should exist in the first place. And I, I think a, a closer analogy to to CZ might be this man called Arthur Hayes. So he's an American and he ran this exchange called BitMEX. It was based in Hong Kong and very similar charges. He, BitMEX also didn't have proper anti-money laundering measures and they also enabled lots of money launderers. But in the end, all Arthur Hayes walked away with was six months of home confinement. And during his home confinement, they allowed him international travel. So it wasn't really It's not really home, home confinement, yeah. I know, but it was just one trip. But, you know, he, huh. he applied. They, they granted him permission to fly. And after that, two years of probation. And he doesn't actually live in the U.S. And they allow him to serve his probation wherever he lived in the world. Wow. And I, I think probably... Binance is a much bigger company than BitMEX, so he might get something worse than Arthur Hayes, but probably not as much as what Sam Bankman-Fried will get. And and when we're talking about Sam Bankman-Fried, what is he expected to get when he gets sentenced? If you look at the theoretical maximum, it's like 100 years or something. And I don't think he'll get 100 years. Um, Not many people actually get the theoretical maximum, but... I think if you look at people convicted for fraud, it's basically, uh, I think, at least five to 10 years. Hmm. So in the aftermath of Sam Bankman-Fried's arrest, uh, FTX really just crumbled. So so what has happened to Binance since CZ pleaded guilty? So nothing at all happened to Binance, which hmm. is why I think uh, the crypto world perceives this development as positive. Binance still stands and none of its users lost any money and Binance is allowed to keep operating, albeit with, you know, a a harsher eye on it, uh, Mm -hmm. compliance measures forced upon it, but still standing, people all over the world, they are still using Binance, still the biggest exchange. But I mean, if you had your money in Binance and you're hearing this news, you might, you you must get a little freaked out, right? Did that not have any effect on on people who had their money wrapped up in this? It did. And I I think Binance's position, it it did fall a little, but I, I guess... It was so far ahead of everyone, uh, despite how much it fell, it's still number one. And there was a period there there have been outflows and Coinbase, its competitor, it does appear that it had picked up a lot of ex-Binance users. Hmm. Of course, CZ is no longer the CEO, though. So so who's leading the company now? Oh, it's uh, it's a man called Richard Tang. He's, uh, he's a former Singaporean compliance person. Like, he worked on the government side of things. Hmm. So he... But he is... Uh, I would say a bit of a dark horse. The world, even the crypto world, hasn't heard that much about him until this moment. He was hired some time ago, and 
Binance had been hiring a lot of former compliance people, former government people. And I, I would say like this was one of those hires and he did rise through Binance rather quickly. And is this the fact that he is a more government regulation side of things? Is this, I guess, a signal that, that Binance is, is going to take those things more seriously? Yes. And I think there is this certain ethos in, in the crypto world that it is a world apart from traditional regulators. But at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, when this thing happens, I don't think there's anything you can do but to bend the knee. Hmm. What lies ahead for Binance, Ethan? And I guess for CZ as well. Well, I think this is relatively positive for Binance. At least the, the chapter is closed and it's closed without too much of a wound to Binance. It, like number one, it continues to operate and it, and 4.3 billion, it's a lot to pay, but it's better to pay this and continue operating and continue being the biggest, continue making money versus being shut down or not being able to serve the US market. So that's rather positive. And, and for CZ, it's quite interesting that this isn't, this doesn't appear to be one of those full plea deal cases where they, the prosecution and the defense, they came to an agreement on the range for, for sentencing. And but well, one thing that happened recently was that he tried to go home to the UAE because he has citizenship there as well. And the judge at first granted this, but then the, the prosecution opposed this. Mm. And so he, he has to stay in the US until sentencing, which is in February. Mm. Where do you think crypto is, is going from here? So crypto is a big world and f I think full of various factions that that hate each other. So it, mm. it's hard to generalize what one, one industry as a whole. But I, I would say all this uh, activity happening in crypto, it's, it's not that unheard of. Uh, there are lots of rules and people run afoul of them every now and then. Um, but if you look at the price, Bitcoin is probably the one of the best investments of the year. It's it's up by a lot. And these market cycles for crypto, they come and go. And the last time we saw it rise the 60,000, that was the third time that crypto boomed like that. And that won't be the last. Hmm. Yeah, it is, it's volatile, right? There was a massive drop last year, but it can it can come back. So it's, it's, it is volatile. But basically what you're saying is, you know, despite all these people being charged with crimes, Despite crypto being very volatile still, I mean, it's 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 not going anywhere. This is sticking around. Hmm. Yes. So much worse has happened in crypto before. So in 2013, there was an exchange that went down. And back then, that exchange, because crypto was that much smaller of a world, that exchange had 90% of the volume of Bitcoin flowing through it. And when that went down, uh, a lot of people said, hey, is this the end of Bitcoin? But no, it came back from that. And what we're seeing today is not nearly as bad as what happened back then. So if it can come back from that, it can certainly uh, soldier on from this. Ethan, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Anytime. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Adrian Chung is our senior producer, and Angelo Pacenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.